daddy, whoever, none of these niggas. All you fake hard niggas, fuck you. Wait, Come, wait, no, no, wait. hold on, hold on. Okay. All you fake hard niggas, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck who, because you can't shoot nobody anyway. And the reason why you got to talk is because you did a deal, you fucking fed. You know what I'm saying? That's why you got to come at me, because part of the deal for you to be a daughter and get out of jail is that you promise that you're going to go pull my co-car. So y'all niggas shut the fuck up about me. Now let me say it calm. You niggas shut the fuck up about, you shut the fuck up about Michael. I'm Michael now. Right. Every Michael you can think of, right. but mostly Godfather Michael now. This is the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, AJ Hughes, and I'm here with my co-host, Antonio Hughes. This episode, I don't know, it'll be interesting just because I think there's a lot of different stuff we could talk about, but before I get into the Motown Museum, I want to hear about the Trap Museum. How was that? It was different, you know? I didn't even know that... I had heard that there was a Trap Museum in Atlanta, but I didn't know like who started it, where it was, like what was in it. And it was, I mean, it was cool to see because I feel like for a moment I had that, wow, are we sitting here glorifying this type of music that is really like, I guess, shoot them up, bang, bang, like detrimental to our community in a way. Or is it like, this is our experience and this is what we've gone through and this is what we've had to deal with to get to where we are. And this is us celebrating it. And I had to see it in both ways, but it was definitely cool either way to see stuff like Jeezy's. They had like a snowman mural for Jeezy and they had like Rick Ross's crown and all his other stuff. And then they had the little pink trap car, the uh, two chains car. They had a whole room for T.I. They had T.I.'s like actual Grammy in there too because he shipped it into them because like I told oh, wow. you that guy who started it, he was T.I.'s manager for a while. So Oh yeah, wait, is that Grammy. wait, is that the guy that was is he he's he signed Travis Scott too, right? You what do you mean? What's the guy's name? I mean his name's William, but we was calling him Bam. He I don't I think he managed T.I. like early. I don't think it was like uh, okay, okay, it okay. wasn't more recent times. But okay. Yeah. Okay. But I it either way, like I was saying, it was cool to see they had stuff all the way go, going back all the way to like cassettes and like different stuff like that. They had a whole wall for that. And then I would say the real prime moment for me was the statue they had of Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Like I posted that on my story just because it was like, it was just crazy. Like they were kind of bringing the whole culmination of like the whole, like the South has something to say thing together with just this right, almost smack dab in the middle. But I just think it's good also to see like just a kind of change in pace, like to see a black museum and, just to get something different, I guess. I, I told Auntie I would love to see something like that in Chicago, like whether it's like a house music museum or a drill museum, like something like that would be cool to see in Chicago. But yeah, yeah. you you would I think you would like the Motown Museum honestly because it gives a it gives you that same vibe. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. But that question you posed at the beginning, I think I want to know what you think about it. Like, do you think it's do you think trap? music is a net positive or a net negative i don't know i've always been so in between on it bro because as i was growing up like you don't really think about some of the ramifications of the things people say and like the communities you could be affecting and the minds you're shaping because like i said i grew up listening to trap music i grew up listening to drill music so it's like it, it really It's hard because it does also bring money into the communities. Like it does change lives of families. Like it it puts people in position every single day, every single year. Like, but it's just, 
I don't know, it's hard just because there's so many other ways for us to do that, that do we have to go that way? Does that have to be the main thing for black people? Like, I feel like we've always been heavy in entertainment, sports, like things like that. Even some like blue collar, I would say, like there's been with with black people and what we were doing to create wealth. But I mean, there's so many other ways to do it. I feel like at this point, especially because I feel like they're like we've been talking about for the past couple of months, like there's been a shift in what rap sounds like and what people are even rapping about. And I think I think it can change. And I think in the end, maybe it's a net negative just because of how detrimental it could be. But I don't know. I've been so in between on it, bro. It's hard for me to like really. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. I see what you're saying. I would say like. When people are doing something new, it's hard to really see the ramifications of it like immediately. But I think over time, now that we look at it personally, I think I think it's a net negative, in my opinion. I think about um, that guy D One. He was going on like talking about like Meek Mill and Jim Jones and. Uh, you mean the Christian and, rapper? I don't know if he's a Christian rapper, but it was a thing of like him calling out Meek Mill for like being for prison reform and then talking about how you gonna shoot somebody at the red light and stuff like that. And hmm. um that like that argument has always been one people have had pretty frequently. And while I don't really think there is another way to go about it, I, I read this quote a little bit a little bit ago where it's like a praise in public, uh wait, praise individually and then like criticize groups. Which essentially means like if you're gonna criticize something that you don't like, don't pointing at one person or a couple of people never usually ends up well because they're gonna take it personal. But in this instance, it's like we've been saying like the music is affecting the youth for so long. So it's like what what how else can you address that with the people that that are doing it? But I think it's a negative and that argument that people make that it feeds their families, it feeds the people in their communities. It's like, okay, you can look at a select hand few of people that you are being able to feed with you making this music, but you have to look at the, everybody is affecting positively and everybody is affecting negatively. And I think in mass, it affects more people negatively than it does positively. And I understand like people look at any money as good money in our community because we don't have money. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. Right. But at a certain point, the only way shit changes is if you're just like, all money isn't good money. All money can't be good money. It can't be good money. It's short-term money. It's short-term thinking. And personally, while I enjoy some of the music, I'm not going to say like I don't. Um, if you're looking at the ramifications on Black people, I think it's a net negative. And I don't think, I don't want to say I don't think shit will change until that changes, but until they realize that what they're doing is negatively affecting people, I don't think that the impact is really ever going to be realized, if that makes sense. I don't know. Personally, I just think it's a net negative, And I don't think a lot of people will ever see it that way just because they are reaping the benefits of it. Like a Meek Mill, he gets paid to say, I shot him at the red light. So he's not going to stop saying I shot him at the red light. Yeah. I, I do think it's that like seeing all money is good money. And I think it just kind of takes like us, like I said, finding other ways to be like wealthy and to create wealth for that uh, create wealth at mass, like at a large scale for black people. I feel like you just got to find other ways or just literally find other stuff to rap about. But yeah, yeah, that's, well, that's dope. I definitely, like I said, I want to get to Atlanta at some point. I'll probably go to that museum when I get a chance, but I went to the Motown Museum yesterday, which was interesting. It was Mizari and TT. Um, and it was like, 
I didn't think I was going to go on a tour. I thought I was just going to kind of walk through, but we ended up doing a tour and we got to walk through and it was dope to see like the history in the place. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the fact that like the bongos from uh, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, they're in the studio. You know what I'm oh, saying? Sure. Like the piano, the piano that Marvin Gaye played, the piano that Barry Gordy used to play, like that's in there, you know? Like Paul McCartney got it retuned because it wasn't working correctly. It's over 140 years old. Like like crazy stuff in there that you wouldn't have even like thought about it being there. It was dope to see that for sure. I, you know what I mean? And it's like was it, what made a hit even closer to home. Like I sent you a picture of the house that dad, TT, and grandma Al used to live in. That was yeah, five sure. minutes away. It was five minutes away. Like it was literally five minutes away from the Motown house. Like right when we left, TT took me around the neighborhood and she was showing me like where they used to get off the bus for school and like where dad's best friend used to live and like where the school used to be before they tore it down. Like it was, it was, it's, and that's why I said it was different going back and different going back and as an adult. Cause it was like, we didn't learn about those things as a kid. Dad doesn't really talk about those things. And to know that like some of the music that we always are talking about is like down the street from where dad grew up, where TT grew up, where grandma Al was at, like, I don't know, it was interesting. It just, I don't know, it was it, it was a trip that I felt like I needed for sure. But um, in terms of museums I've been to, um, it was dope. I just, honestly, I don't like tours because I don't need mm-hmm. you to like run through the history. I've seen the doc. They had us watch a doc prior. It's like, bro, you're just reiterating a bunch of stuff. So it was a little bit longer than I wanted it to be, but um, it was cool. And it gave us a- uh, This book, I forgot about that. They gave us- it's a big book. Hell yeah. It's an autobiography. No, they just gave it to anybody who purchased the ticket. So I got one. Zarya got one. ATT got one. But yeah, it was it was a good trip, bro. I think um, when we go back to Detroit, maybe I'll, you go again. But um, they're building. So basically, the Motown Museum is the house that they started out of. And then mm-hmm. eventually what had happened with Motown as they grew, they essentially just bought the block. So there was eight houses on that block and then every house was a different, like this is sales and marketing. This is where they record. This is publicity. This is mark. You know what I'm saying? This is everything. One of the, I think one of the buildings burnt down the finance building, I think. But after they had bought the block, they went and bought this big building, which is where little Caesars arena used to be with the Detroit business used to play. Oh, and then, and then they moved to LA and they just used it as a historical monument because they said even after they moved to LA, people were like showing up from like London on buses to just go to the house and be like, yo, this is where Motown was at. It was that, then that's why it became a historical monument. So they can't tear it down. The city of Detroit can never tear it down. But yeah. And the fact that they went to LA, like I get it. They wanted to do movie and film, but it's like, it just speaks to what happens in Detroit. All the good stuff leaves, which is yeah. kind of sad, but. Yeah, I would if if you have a chance to go there, I would definitely go see it. That's I feel like that's enough museum talk. Honestly, uh, I want to get into Travis Scott on Water. What did you think of this song? I mean, I, I did start this with saying I don't want to hear Travis Scott do it again. Like he tried it with K-pop to where he was on an Afrobeat song, and I feel like his verse wasn't bad, but it was unnecessary. Like I feel like the, I felt the same way about the next song we're gonna talk about, but I just felt like unnecessary feature. You didn't need it. Water had a bunch of steam to it, and if you're gonna sit here and put somebody on it, like keep it to what the song is. I don't feel like Travis Scott coming on this song talking about what he was talking about. 
the like when I hear it's lit on water, I don't want to listen to it anymore. I turned it off. Yeah. Bro. Like I was listening to yeah. his verse, it was cool. No, no. But I, I just feel like he was unnecessary on the song and they could have just left him off. Like Yeah. I think they dropped the ball. You know, you know what I was thinking about yesterday though, while I was like practicing DJing? I was like, and I'm gonna send it, I'm gonna try it and I'm gonna send it to you. But I think Drake's verse on Who Told You on this would kill like you just take that verse and put it on water i think it goes crazy because the at least the 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 rhythm of when they took the bass out of who told you is sort of like water and i'm like this verse would have made way more sense there's so many people that could have got for this song other than travis scott you know what i mean it's to me it's selena gomez on calm down it's justin bieber on essence it's the same thing it's like we don't need these people on these songs so especially selena gomez i will never let that go bro they they ruined that song for me bro oh wait i forgot to that, that was uh we'll get into Rema later i'll get into Rema later but i just remembered that we have Rema to talk about but lonely at the top by asha k featuring her did you hear this what did you think yeah same thing for me like i just feel like her i feel like her voice sounded a little better on the song because you know softer voice and i love her personally but another like unnecessary feature. Like, I feel like I like Lonely at the Top. I don't need Lonely at the Top with her. I was cool bumping Lonely at the Top without her. So I just, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to incorporate American music into Afrobeats in any way they can. And this is not the this is not the way I'd like to see it done personally. Cause I just feel like these don't fit with what the songs are or like what the vibes of the artists are even. Think though, do you think though that we're somewhat not jaded, but maybe bias is the word. Like the fact that we listen to Afrobeats semi frequently or frequently, however, however long you want to say, we're used to the vibe of that. Like to an audience of people, like for better or worse, there's a lot of Black Americans who say like, "I don't want to hear that Afrobeat shit." The fuck are they saying? There's a lot of them that say that on Twitter and stuff like that. And so, like, if this is how they like slowly transition or like make it palatable to them. Like to somebody who don't listen to it and you listen to her and you hear this, you're like, okay, like do you think this is could be like that for them? Like this is their introduction to it? Like, oh, Justin Bieber on essence. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I guess. I don't feel like Afrobeats has had any issue getting to where it is without you sitting here adding on these American artists in the way that you're adding them. Like I feel like there are moments like where you can find like I feel like even if I this would have been Gunna, maybe. I would have felt better about it because I feel like Gunna would have fit more on this song. But okay. if I'm sitting okay. here with her, I'm more so just talking about like the artists that they're choosing. I don't feel like these artists yeah. fit to sit here and bring them over to the from the American side to the Afrobeat side. Like I feel like you could just make better choices. Maybe it's an A&R thing. Maybe it's a label thing. Maybe it's just like, oh, this is the face right now. This is the name. So this is who we're going to throw on here. This is who we can afford. But Personally, I feel like it's just better choices that could be made because we saw Ashake with Gunna and I feel like he his vibe and his like, you know, his cadence to stuff would have fit more or somebody different. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it could be like more like, oh, we're trying to bring them to that Afrobeat side. But I don't know. When you think of American Afrobeats collabs, what are your favorite ones? I'm trying to think of some American Afrobeats collabs, bro. Right, because I don't count. I don't count like Blam or um, Passion for. I don't count those as like, because that's that's the first thing I thought of. What about? I, I, can't I mean, think I of anything off top. What of about 
it i think it'd be wiz and drake i think come closer yeah. baby yeah. come close. that one um and then call me every day with uh, Chris Brown. Chris Brown, yeah, we've been talking about that. Who has Burner Boy collabed with that I liked from America? I didn't like that twenty. Whatever that Twenty One Savage bullshit was, I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't fucking like that. I let people uh-huh. know I didn't like that. I liked Solid with Blast and Kehlani. That one was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, oh, I liked uh, Brent Brent and Thames. Oh yeah, I do remember that one. Um, Brent and Thames was good. Was that Victoria Monet with Buju? Like, I like that one. Like, there's been, like, moments, bro. Like, I don't know, but it's hard to name, like, a bunch of, like, Afrobeats and U.S. collabs that worked well. Like, there's been a few. It's been far and few. And when you're naming half of the artists you're naming, they're some of the biggest artists in the world and some of the best artists in the world. So it's like, you. I feel like you have to be to a certain caliber to even be able to sit here and switch like that and make that transition because it's a whole different vibe it's a whole different bpm it's a whole different group of vans and it's a whole different sound you know what i mean I'm you know uh davido said that davido said that the only person he, he he's probably collabed with more american artists than all of like the top afrobeats artists I'll, maybe burner boy burner boy might have more than him but i doubt it but davido is probably collabed with the most and he said that the only people that he feel like authentically like respect the music and really try and like make the song the best that they can is Chris Brown. He said everybody else is like they're just like, you know, oh, this is a market we haven't tapped into type shit. Yeah. Which is yo. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Cause when I uh wait, go ahead, go ahead and say, it, but I'm gonna pull up some of the artists he's worked with on collabs in a minute. No, I, I would I would agree with him though. Like I feel like Chris Brown is really versatile in what he does, and me personally, I feel like Drake is still there. Like I feel like every time I hear Blem or um, what's that Mabada rhythm rhythm? I don't know how to say that. I don't know yeah, what the song yeah, is called, but yeah, that sure. like when he got into that vibe, and honestly, I've dug back into like honestly, never mind. Even like the whole like dance vibe too. I I still see here. I'm I'm fond of. Like, I feel like he's one of those people, too. But I don't feel like there's that many. Or there hasn't been that many that have shown it yet. Like, maybe there is, and they just haven't came out with that type of vibe, you know? Yeah, this is crazy. I didn't know. <laughs> the, the last project by Davido, he had Nicki Minaj, Chris Brown, Young Thug, Lil Baby, Nas, Hit Boy. He had Nas um, on it? <laughs> he had a song with Nas and Hit Boy called Birthday Cake. I gotta listen to it at some point. But he he could he collaborated with them. He collaborated with her. I think Summer Walker, Gunna. He has a song with Gunna. I didn't know that. But yeah, we're 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 kind of like dragging it out at this point. But yeah, do better A and R's. Whoever whoever's picking these is not doing a good job. So focus. Like they, and then she put one out the water remix. There was a water remix with Marshmallow. Which is like an ETF. I'm like, bro, what is going on? But outside of that, these two albums you put on here, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't get to them. I listened to some of Archangel's project, but um, of the two, Ozuna and Archangel, which one was your favorite and why? Um, Ozuna, I got to listen to Ozuna like almost all the way down to Atlanta. Like I listened to that once or twice, and personally, it was just one of those moments where I was like, we've heard Bad Bunny come, we've heard Mike Towers come. We've heard like a bunch of these reggaeton artists come. Pause. It was kind of one of those moments. Pause. Pause. Oh my God, bro. What, <laughs> what bro? <laughs> All right, bro. They've they came out with their albums. <laughs> and 
it was one of those moments where it was almost like, oh, y'all, y'all forgot about me type of thing. And he came yeah. out just real good songs, real good vibe, you know, it's always upbeat with Ozuna. And I would say that was probably my favorite one of the weekend. Um, I wish I could put, I'm, I'm going to pull up the songs that I like the most. Uh, give me a second. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't get to this one yet. Like, I feel like Ozona puts out a ton of music, so I'm interested yeah. to see what it sounds like. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it wasn't that long of an album. It was like, this is what, fifteen songs, sixteen songs. But um, I definitely would say go check out Vocation was one of my favorite ones. Baccarat was another one of my favorite ones, and Classe Azul. I love that song. But um, the Archangel, I will say, I didn't get into as much. Like I, I, I had heard some of the singles, and I didn't know if it was gonna be a slower vibe or a more upbeat vibe. And I was definitely gonna get into that, like probably this week. Yeah, to see what it was. I like. can say, I can say, I was confused, a hundred percent. I, I was listening to it today, and the way that people in comments have described him to me did not match up what I was listening to. I thought it was gonna be like rap. It was a lot of like, like melodic. R&B type, not even R&B, but like melodic reggaeton. Like it wasn't really like, it didn't feel like bars to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I only got halfway through. So maybe he switches the vibe at a certain point, but like it didn't feel like that to me. Yeah. I mean, even with some of the singles, like I said, it sounded more like traditional, um, even bachata, like stuff like that. It sounded more like like the the normal, not the reggaeton, the upbeat, like that type of vibe to me. So. <laughs> Maybe I just got to get into him more. I want to because um, there was some songs where I heard him on where I was more interested than some of the singles I had personally heard. But it might have just been the mood I was in, like I said. Right. So that's real. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely give both of those a listen this week. I just this weekend was not really a music weekend for me, if I'm being honest. But um, last topic I wanted to get into is rap a young man sport. First, I want to say you saw Mask Off was was a uh, hundred two thousand. Yeah, yeah, I saw that's that. crazy. That's crazy to me. First, second, did you listen to any of the album? And then we'll get into is rap a young man's sport. Did you listen to any of them? I turned it on because I was like, is it really just flutes? <laughs> like, is it really just gonna be flutes? And I mean, it was. And I think the reason I didn't really listen to the full thing was because of how long every song was. Like, it was really just like instrumentation, kind of orchestra, a bunch of different stuff, which. Usually I would like on a smaller scale because I like jazz music. Like I'm that type of person where I'll sit there and sit through a jazz album and sit there, do homework, stuff like that. But I don't know. Maybe I got to give it another listen when I'm in like a vibe where I just kind of want to sit there and laying up, think about life type thing. But I don't know. I didn't listen to the whole thing because it was just flutes. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First one, you know. Neither did I. Neither did I. So we don't have to get into that. But um Rap being a young man's sport, I feel like this is a topic that comes up fairly frequently, and I think I have an interesting perspective on it. Just especially going to the Motown Museum, like them, them was some old niggas making music, bro. It wasn't yeah. young niggas. Like Steve, Stevie Wonder was somewhat young when he came in. Um, Michael and some of Jackson Five were younger, but like them was some old niggas. So, what do you think? Do you think rap is a young man's sport? Um, no, I really, I really don't, and I don't understand why it is. I think it's portrayed to be that way but it, it doesn't make sense because to me that's the only genre that older people can't thrive in or older people can't like have something to say in or have like um good music to make because i feel like i was i i saw um i think it was dolly parton put out an album like this weekend and she's in it's either country or, or rock i'm not really 
the biggest Dolly Parton listener, so I wouldn't know. But either way, it's like, why can't a person like that still make music in her genre? And why can she still be relevant and sell records and have something to say? But then Andre 3000 feels like he can't. Like, even Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee's 46. Andre 3000 is only two years older than him. So why is it that in rap, it's the only genre where it's like only young people could be making this? And half of it is the content. Like we were talking at the beginning of the episode. Like that's kind of a full circle. Like the what they what is popular to talk about right now, a person like Andre 3000 would sit there and be like, why would I want to make music for this? Like I remember when Kanye came out and said he was just uninspired. He hasn't been inspired since Lauryn Hill was out, bro. Like stuff like that. I can understand why Andre 3000 was sit here and be like, oh, maybe it's not for me. And maybe this isn't, I'm not getting inspired to sit here, go on rap beats and talk about what everybody else is talking about, what the current state of rap is. But I feel like there's still a lane with guys like Nas and guys like Jay-Z still putting it out sometimes. I even feel like Rick Ross, he's a little older, but he still has like more of a, like, a, I don't even know. I don't even know how to, like a mature vibe to what they're saying, a mature vibe to their music. And I feel like even to sit here and be able to make an album that's all instrumentation, all flutes, you've been sitting around here walking around the earth, roaming the earth for the past couple of years, just playing your flute, just observing observing people in life. And every single time you put out a verse on somebody else's album, it was one of the most introspective things you'd hear for the next month, two months, just that but you can't sit here and come up with raps like i don't know i don't know i don't feel like it's a young man's sport i don't i think it's been portrayed to be that yeah i think um i think that's just the nature of the industry more than it is like the actual act of doing the thing because i feel like like i agree with you time and time again some of the most introspective and uh some of the most introspective and hard-hitting bars are from older rappers you know what I'm saying? And so like I think of like Nas's Nas's run. I think of four four four, like you said, Rick Ross. I agree with you. I feel like because of that life experience, as you're able to like speak on it in a more impactful way than some young people might be able to, I think it's just as important. But I think the industry relies on younger people because the demographic of people that consume music at the highest rate is young people. Right. I think that because of that, they're like, okay, let's push younger people out there as our biggest artists because they're going to resonate with them more. You're going to resonate with people that look like you, act like you, talk like you, or like you more than an older person. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it is just the nature of the industry to like, like, it's, a, it's another marketing thing, but like, if you're trying to grow your business and you don't, and you notice that everybody that's buying from you looks like you, go go find another spokesperson and see how that works. Like go get a white woman to talk about the same thing. If it's a good product and the white people will buy it, then, then it's like, they just resonate with it more because it's somebody that looks like them speaking to them. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's probably what it is. Um, I agree with you. I think uh, Andre 3000 leaving rap at the point he was, it's like, people are going to listen, but it's like to go diamond again. It's like, are you going to do that again? Probably not. So I think that that has also an effect on his view. Like, why would I try to even like compare to where I was at with a partner? You know what I'm saying? With a big boy. So yeah, like if that nigga want to go play flutes, bro, like it is what it is. I wish we would have got a rap album from him, but I don't think it'll happen. I really don't. 
Yeah, or even like if he was gonna do the flutes, like get some get some R and B artists on there, like get some people we know. Like if you won't sit here and get more into the, because it feels like he's just more so doing production stuff now, and like I said, live right. instrumentation stuff. Like if you're gonna do that, like put get with the newer artists, figure out what newer artists you like, and then maybe you'll have that relevance again, and maybe you'll get inspired with people who do do stuff that still is similar to what you were doing because there's a bunch of rap artists right now that are still making very good rap music very inspiring rap music that have nothing to do with the drill scene and the um just the the, the current scene of rap there's a lot on the outside on the underground side to where it's like these are quality rappers that you could definitely sound good with and get that inspiration from yeah i agree um i'm going to i'm going to listen to that album this week when i'm working um but yeah andre 3000 i are playing flutes and shit so shout out to him uh the last thing i wanted to talk about was rema's o2 performance and is rema no you're good is rema the afro beats playboy cardi what <laughs> Did you see anything? Did you see anything about his O2 performance? Sorry, no, I didn't. But why would you? Okay, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you this video. I'm gonna show you this video. I gotta show it to you. Wait, one second. How do you share screen? Oh. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay, wait, let me pause it. Okay, so there was the O2 performance is like it's like the Madison what the Madison Square Garden performance was in New York, right? So this happened six days ago. It happened the day after we recorded, which is why I forgot about it. But everybody was saying like they've been saying this a while about uh, Rema for a while that he's uh, promoting demonic imagery and demonic uh, demonic types of vibes and stuff like that and. I didn't agree with it because I had the same take on him that I did on Doja Cat because um, he, there's explanations for everything he's done in terms of the visual aesthetic. Like they've put that stuff out, but a lot of the music he started to put out is very rager. You know what I'm saying? He just did a remix of somebody that was very like rock inspired rager. And if he keeps going down this path, bro, I'm not, I'm not excited about it, but are you a Playboy Cardi fan now? And if Rema was to go down this path of like rock rager, would you still be a fan? You know, I like I said, I still think Whole Lot of Red classic album is it's the only one where I can listen to it probably straight through, and it's the rock rap vibe. But I don't personally sit here and turn on Whole Lot of Red all the time. I don't go back to the rock stuff a lot. I feel like I can't. And personally, I'm a rock fan. Like I have songs in my like songs that I was going to put on here that I'm not going to put on here that are rock 
songs, recent rock songs that I actually like because I like traditional rock music. I like guitars. I like to hear what it is, but I don't like the mix. And I can kind of be like, I saw Rem alive, so I kind of get what he was doing. Like, he's real. Like, I, I've, I've said this. He's going to be a star, like a rock star almost. He's going to be one of those faces because he's the younger guy. He's the... um newer he, he's the newer guy in that space and i feel like he's since he is coming in during this time it wouldn't surprise me that that's going to be some of his inspiration like I, it doesn't surprise me but i feel like also that's him getting the crowd into it you know that's kind of his persona and it, it works like it works there's people at the show they sitting there reacting to it in a positive way so that, that most people didn't have a positive reaction to that they, um, what basically and the crazy part is like I saw Rem alive and Rem was good when I was there, but he took like what you saw. He took it to another like bro. I just showed you twenty five screams. He had like twenty songs. I don't even think he performed twenty songs. He you know what I'm saying. So like he's just screaming every like I don't know, bro. If I'm gonna say, all right, I'm gonna read this and then Playboy Cardi says uh, music came out of a three month recording stint in a cave. He said he spent three months in a cave. We don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> we don't want to hear that shit. And if Rema, if you're taking anything from his bag, I want you to put it back. Because I don't want to hear that shit, bro. I don't like... Personally, this feels like a marketing ploy to get those white people over here who are into that. Yeah. In Into his music. And so like, you don't got to do that, bro. You don't got to do it. But... I'm not about to kill him for it. Um, I ain't got nothing else to say. Playboy Cardi, we don't want to hear that shit. Please don't believe that shit. Uh, do you have any songs or albums that you would like the people to listen to? Um, I am going to say a song. So we ain't talk about the Drake Scary Hours 3. And personally, I was listening to that in Ozuna all weekend because okay. to me, Drake, he picks and chooses when he wants to rap because like everybody says... He has such a big market. He has so many fans. He has to reach that. It's like if he just stayed in rap, he wouldn't be as relevant as he is, you know? Right. And from the new album, um, well, not the new album, but from the album, I would say Red Button was a song I was listening to like a lot. Like he talked about Kanye in there. He had like a bunch of different metaphors and lines about like things he's been thinking about with how people responded like him not rapping like he used to not being the same rapper that he used to you know what i mean so i would say red button by drake that would be my song for the week okay okay i definitely agree with you i think there were songs on there that i liked more i was smiling thinking like bro you know this is what people wanted you know this is what people wanted but yeah, I didn't really talk about it that much either because I only gave it a couple of listens. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. I'll listen to it more. But this week I listened to Young Miko. I gave her I went to her bag for the first time. I wanted to see what she had put out by herself. She has a project called Trap Kitty that came out last year. And that shit is fire. Okay. Well, this song <laughs> trending by Young Miko is heat. But the whole project is actually heat. Like for a while I you know when you hear an artist keep popping up and you're like, why is everybody fucking with this artist? This yeah. project made me understand why. This oh. project made me understand why. So Trending by Young Miko, go check that out. Um, next week, I feel like we'll have a lot more to talk about. I have I have a new segment that I've been like trying to flesh out, but I think next week I want to try it. It's uh, sort of like a hot or not segment, and I want to start with that. But um, yeah, bro, I think that's it. I think that's it for this week, bro. Okay, okay.
We'll see y'all next week. You know what I'm saying? You heard that boy. You heard what Kanye said. <laughs> You nigga. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> you fuck your fit. Sorry. Nah, we're good. All right. We'll see y'all next week.